Welcome to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, a podcast where I read some of the best posts from across Reddit and around the web. Each episode is a collection of funny content that includes subjects like tales from tech support, entitled parents, choosing beggars, pro-revenge, and more. Today's episode is all about tales from tech support. End user complained of a smelly iMac. I used to work at this tiny Mac repair shop, and we got the usual number of Apple crazy people, but there was one end user that I can't forget. Mostly because the smell is still burned into my mind. Lady about 35 years old brings in a two-year-old iMac, and she said that she was having some issues with the machine not powering on before she went for a two-week vacation. Well, when she brought in the machine to our lobby, I just got this intense wave of wretched stink. Needless to say, because we were a tiny company that needed every customer we could get, we took the machine in. Now, when I went to diagnose the machine and pulled the glass screen off, the smell got 10 times worse. Take the screen off only to find that somebody had dumped at least a gallon of milk through this iMac and then tried to turn it on. So the machine spent two weeks fermenting. There wasn't much I could do for the machine as I could barely stand to be in the same building. Well, when I went to call the end user to ask her to come pick up her $1,200 baby bottle, she erupted into this cataclysmic rage that she had milk in her iMac and that there wasn't anything I could do. Needless to say, she tried suing the company and me personally. She didn't get far. Wow, OP. Um, yeah, I get being a small company and having to take on some work that you don't usually want or don't always want. But as soon as I smelled that smell, I would have turned that thing down immediately. Mm. The time a wireless access point slash router brought down the floor. Bit of background. I was working help desk for a company where we're regulated by state agencies and where we have floors where guests can have fun. Too long didn't read at the end. So one weekend I was working alone in the corporate help desk. I started getting calls from one location where employees can't connect to anything. Calls were piling up in the queue and troubleshooting was getting put to the side in order to triage. Rebooting only seemed to make things worse. I put in a P1 ticket into local property and put in a dispatch call to get them out to fix the issue. Eventually I cleared the queue and we figured out that clients were getting 192.x.x.x IP address and not the IP scheme for the property. I started to dig around the server that handled the DHCP for the property while local was on their way and nothing seemed off. Eventually, local IT made it to the scene and after some investigation, found the issue. Turns out someone wanted to rearrange their office and wanted the computer on the other end of the room where there was no Ethernet jacks. So over the weekend, this ID10T error decided to bring in a residential wireless access point slash router and not evolve IT for help. The ID10T hooked up the router and instead of plugging in the network into the internet, he plugged the network into LAN. So this person's wireless access point was now doling out 192 addresses faster than our servers were and created a whole subnet on our network and systematically bringing down the computers as they rebooted or refreshed their IP. IT came in and removed it. So you know how I said my business was regulated by the state? Well, at the time, wireless access points were a big no-no in our industry in that state because of security. The guy lost his job for multiple reasons. Too long didn't read. 
ID10T error hooked up a wireless access point slash router to the local network using LAN ports. Wireless access point created a subnet and knocked computers offline and created a P1 emergency ticket. Local IT found it and fired the guy because he didn't want to bother IT to move his computer across the room and used unauthorized hardware. Yep, it pays to know the corporate rules before you start messing with stuff. User told me they spilled something on their laptop. The honesty is amazing. Ticket came in. I spilled coffee on my laptop. Told her to bring it in and I'd look at it. She brought it to me and kept telling me she was so embarrassed. And I had to keep telling her, No, this is great. You told us up front what was wrong and we can deal with it. You didn't say, I don't know what happened. And then we troubleshoot different things before finally opening up the computer and then mentioning you spilled something in there and you say, I don't remember anything like that happening. It was so nice. It took 15 minutes. Swapped her hard drive into one of the hot spares and away she went. Wish all users could be so upfront. Yeah, I agree, OP. It'd be so refreshing if everybody could just be honest. It might still tick you off. It still might make you scratch your head, but at least then you'd know what you were dealing with so you could fix the problem and move on. All issues are network issues if it connects to a network. Background. I work as the network admin for what is basically an ISP doing the data management for apartment complexes, townhomes, and hotels, and some other businesses. PM equals property management, me equals me, T1 equals T1 tech slash cabling guy, 3P equals third-party tech. Another day of pretending to solve network issues when I get a ticket escalated to the knock. Property manager from a new property messages in stating we need to authorize their printer to work on our network. I inform them that with how their network is set up, they only need to plug the printer into a jack or connect it to their Wi-Fi with a supplied SSID and passphrase. After that, to contact third party if it still doesn't work. Easy. Ticket closed. Two hours later, I'm notified the ticket is reopened. Property manager states the printer is stating that it needs to be authorized to work on the network and that third party threw it back onto us. I explain once again that we don't require devices to be authorized and that I'd be happy to talk to third party for them. PM happily obliges. The conversation went something like this. Third party. You need to authorize the printer to work on your network. Me. Okay, but there's nothing that would require that on the office's network. Is there a specific error you're getting? Third party. I'm not sure about specific errors, but we can't print from any of the computers. It's not connecting to your network. You need to authorize it. Me. I'm telling you that's not the case. I designed that network and set it up last week. There's nothing that would require me to authorize it. If you can give me the MAC address, I can try to find it and make sure it's online. Third party. I don't have time for this. You just need to send a tech to fix your crappy network. Well, fun. I'm positive this isn't on my end, but it's time to prove a point. I call a property manager and notify them that third party is worthless, and I'm going to send out a tech. I told them I could tell them exactly what was wrong. I pulled a cabling guy off a nearby site to have them troubleshoot. Tier 1. So what am I looking for? Me. First things first. Go to their printer and we'll see if we're connected to the network. Default password is normally 12345678. T1. Okay, how do I get to that? It just says there's a paper jam right now. Me. What? Can you clear it? T1. I think so. 
Can I call you back in five minutes? Five minutes later. T1. I think I've cleared the jam. It started printing after I hit OK. How do I find the IP again? Me. Show property management that it's printing. Let them know it was a paper jam. See if you can get billing information for third party. You're good to leave after that. <laughs> oh my god. Freaking paper jam. That's amazing. People don't pay any attention to anything. You would think if they were having that much trouble printing, they'd actually go physically look at the printer just to see if something kind of popped up in front of them, a message, something that would tell them what was wrong. Amazing. Shout out to those users you never hear from. I recently left a jack-of-all-trades type position where one of my jobs was to roll out new hardware on a five-year-old refresh plan. I'd been at the company four and a half years, dealing with 250-plus colleagues' IT issues all by myself. So you generally get to know most people in the company pretty well, even if only a superficial basis. 30 new laptops arrived to replace those due, and two names appear that I've never heard of before. I have a search for them in my help desk system, and they're not in there. They've never logged a ticket. Ask HR, who say they definitely exist and still work for us. Okay then, I reach out to let them know. They're both home-based salespeople from around 300 miles away. One of them is due into head office in the next month or so, so we'll pick up both laptops then. So laptops are built, left on a shelf. Six weeks later, a random knock on the IT office door. Introduces himself as one of the unseen colleagues. Turns out he's a huge PC gamer, so knows most stuff. So much so that my predecessor who'd built his last laptop just made him a local admin. He also sorts most issues for his other colleague in the area, so he's a local admin of that. I say how it's good to finally meet. He jokes that he hopes we don't have to meet again, and I reply that we probably won't as I'm off to a new job in a couple weeks. On my second to last day, a package arrives. It's a card, signed from both of them with a set of three whiskey miniatures from their local distillery. It was literally the only acknowledgement that I got for four and a half years of service. As part of my wrapping up, I went through AD to check there were no old accounts I'd missed closing or anything, and found another. Sales, again, this time 200 miles away in a different direction. Again, never logged a ticket. Never emailed me. Somehow he made it four and a half years at the company without asking for a single thing of IT. I was tempted to reach out and send him something as well. Yeah, people like that in that size company are pretty rare. It's uh, it's nice and refreshing to find people that can take care of the little things themselves. Basic phone skills required. We're in the process of migrating to MS Phone System from an old Polycom setup. I had a user complain that there was a problem with the new phone system because people hang up when she answers the phone now. I watched her pick up a call, not say anything, and in complete silence wait a few seconds, hang up the phone, look at me and say, See, they hung up. <laughs> in an out-of-body experience, I found myself having to recommend that she verbally greet the caller when picking up the handset so the caller can hear that they have gotten through to a person and not hang up because they think they've been disconnected. I walked away quickly questioning the last few minutes and drastically lowering my opinion of that user. Who answers a phone and doesn't say anything? That's just nuts. The professor who wanted Chrome... There is an unfair stereotype in university IT that the older the professor, the worse they are at technology. This is entirely untrue, because absolutely nothing seems to correlate with how comfortable a professor is with technology. Age, intelligence, diligence, and certainly not degree. I've observed a slight statistical correlation with the field they're in, but it's shaky at best. So I try not to judge anyone until I've seen them actually at a machine. 
but on one particular occasion, I regret to say I fell prey to assumptions. We had received word that a new professor was starting, and they actually stopped by to introduce themselves to our team. Which, if you want good service from IT, boy is that a way to leave an impression. They were young, humble, and they just emitted this impression of intelligence. All the signs of a user we could give a computer to and never see again. Which is just how IT likes it. And on top of this, when we asked if they had any special requests for what they wanted on their machine, they specifically asked for Chrome. My estimation of their ability went sky high. I had dreams of future tickets easily resolved, aided by their wonderful ability to assist with troubleshooting. That is, until the day they got their new computer and reported their first ticket. They still wanted Chrome installed. <laughs> I was frankly baffled. Not only was Chrome set to the default browser on our image, I had taken an extra step to log in as a user and put the icon on a prominent position on their desktop. Since they had specially requested it, it could not be any more installed. But weirder things have happened before. Maybe some serious problem had happened with their new machine and Chrome was somehow deleted. I was so baffled that I asked if I could see the machine in person, and they brought it by right away. I watched as the user did the following. Log in. Click on the Chrome icon on their desktop, successfully opening Chrome. There was no triumphant sounds of understanding or a sheepish apology. Instead, they kept going. Now, Google likes to change up the contents of the default tab when you open Chrome. This particular design prominently featured a button saying something like, learn more about what you can do with Chrome. The professor continued. Click on learn more about Chrome. Click the link download Chrome. Pointed. He says, see, it says that you still need to download Chrome. I admit troubleshooting this problem had me stumped. Eventually I managed to convince the professor that if they visited literally any other site on the internet, they would be just fine. They went away satisfied. That afternoon I started to write a feedback email to Google. Bug found. User can still navigate to install Chrome page even if Chrome is installed. But ultimately I decided against sending it. It was out of the ticket scope anyway. Ticket closed. Yeah, I'm not sure I could put that one all on the professor. Uh, you would think once it was installed, it would detect that it was installed when you clicked on it. So, yeah, that's a little strange. The road to redemption. So the recruitment agency phones me up. Dude, I've got you the perfect help desk job. Only 15 minutes from your home. Excellent. So I got down there and the interview was a disaster. The senior guy hit me with loads of questions and I don't think I got a single question right in the 30 minutes. Off I go home. I called the agency, however was greeted with good news that they wanted me to start on Monday. So I turn up and the senior guy says I'm supposed to be supporting WXYZ and by the way, he's resigned on Friday and will be leaving in two weeks. A case of last man standing, so now I know why I got the job. Anyway, the first week goes by and I do know WXY products but no idea what Z is. On Saturday, I'm bored, so I log onto the manufacturer's site and download the Z manual and read it cover to cover. 200 pages of technical waffle. Holy cow, I don't think I could do that. Another week rolls in, and as I'm returning from lunch to hear some heated words by my desk, it's impossible to get there in two hours due to rush hour traffic, says the field engineer. You've got to get there, we'll be fine for breaching the SLA, says the manager. So what's going on, I ask. The customer wants the disc replaced on Z system. It has to be within two hours where we breach the SLA, says the support guy. Hmm, I pause and reply. Well, if I had built it, I would have put in a spare disc so it could auto-rebuild in case a disc failed. The senior guy gives me an icy look that causes me to freeze like a hedgehog on the motorway. 
then walks off with the manager. I'm thinking, that's it. Might as well pack my bags. Ten minutes later, he comes back with a big smile on his face and then announces, I've checked the logs and there was a spare disc and it has rebuilt the raid, so emergency averted. I knew there was a good reason I hired you, and he shakes my hand. I had finally redeemed myself after a bad interview. Well, good for you, OP. I guess reading that 200-page manual really paid off. Way to be persistent. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.